Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. Welcome to All Things Therapy. I'm your host, Lisa Tahir. I'm a licensed clinical social worker practicing as an intuitive psychotherapist. I'd love to hear from you. You may reach out to me at or through my website, which is nolatherapy.com. It's the abbreviation for New Orleans Los Angeles Therapy. And in the last few weeks on my show, I've been really stressing that I do, I would love to hear from you as my listener, topics you want to hear about, guests you would like me to interview, and if you have a way that I could connect with them to invite them on, I'd love your feedback. I appreciate your support for the last two years by subscribing to this show, and I welcome you to do that if you have not through iTunes and Google Play. The show is All Things Therapy there. I have a YouTube channel also, which is called NOLA Therapy, N-O-L-A-T-H-E-R-A-P-Y. And I'd love to have more subscribers there as well. I post the shows about once a month um, from the past month, so you can listen to them through YouTube. You can schedule sessions with me through NOLA Therapy. Additionally, you can find my show, if it's easier, through the LA Talk Radio show page I have on Channel 1 here at LA Talk Radio, and I post, the show is posted along with links to each guest, and for instance, my guest today is from a really amazing international nonprofit called Children Incorporated. Dot org, And we're going to post a link if you want to donate to them and sponsor a child. So we'll get there in a few moments. But I just really want to connect with you listening. And if you're inclined to support my work, I would love that through my crowdfunding campaign that I started through Patreon. Their site is patreon.com forward slash all things therapy. You can give as little as a dollar a month to help with my work and bringing you guests each week. And today's show is additionally sponsored by Audible. 
They offer you over 180,000 book titles to choose from. And as my listener, they will give you a free month subscription as uh, along with an audiobook download of your choice. And you can check that out by going to audibletrial.com forward slash all things therapy. So my guest who will be with us today momentarily is Shelly Callahan. She is the Director of Development for Children Incorporated. And if you're at your computer and want to pull up the site, it's childrenincorporated.org. They are an international nonprofit that provides resources for children living in poverty in both the U.S. and abroad. And in their mission, there are three things that are important to them. They believe that children deserve, number one, education, number two, hope, and number three, opportunity. In pursuit of that mission, they provide children that are sponsored with food, clothing, health care, and educational support. And we're going to talk more about how they come about and how we can help. Welcome, Shelley. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. How are you today? I'm doing wonderful. Awesome. Where do you want to lead us in our discussion and dialogue about Children Incorporated? Yeah, well, you gave such a wonderful introduction in explaining what we do. There's so many things that we can talk about based just on that. Um, uh, I, I, I do love that you uh, pointed out exactly what our mission is all about um, and to really focus in on how we provide education, hope, and opportunity to children. Um, we do it in a few different ways. As you mentioned, um, really the bread and butter of our organization is our sponsorship program that we've had since uh, since the beginning of, of Children Incorporated back in the 1960s. Yeah. And through our sponsorship program, we partner sponsors who are individuals of, of any kind, of any, any background, who are interested in helping a specific child. Um, and our goal is that uh, that child, is through sponsorship, is provided with, as you said, basic needs uh, so that they are able to overcome any barriers in their life because of poverty that might keep them from going to school and performing well. So that's really the focus of what we try to do. Yeah. Um, and it's and, and we are so grateful to have over 8,000 sponsored children um, in 23 countries around the world. That's amazing. And you all reach over 20,000 children annually, correct? We do. Um, as I just said, we have uh, over 8,000 children enrolled in our program, but the reason that that number is so, you know, double that is because the impact of what we are able to do through some of our special funds, which is another really awesome way that you can help children in need outside of just our regular um sponsorship program is we have funds where we build schools all over the world. We build houses for families. We build dormitories at at boarding schools for children. We have a mosquito net fund for children to protect them from mosquito-borne illnesses. We have feeding programs in the U.S. and abroad. So we're doing much more outside of our sponsorship program. So because of that, we're able to reach a lot more children. 
Well, I think that's really important and very cool because children have unique needs in the various areas and cities and towns where they're living. And so a mosquito net to protect children from mosquito-borne illnesses wouldn't be necessary, say, in an in an inner city of America as opposed to some of the work you do in Africa and and in other cities or even in Central America. So I think that's so cool that you work with the local schools and partner with them to find out what kids there really need, and then that's what you serve and address. And I love that you said that because that's one of my favorite things about Children Incorporated. You're hitting on so many great points. We work with uh, right around 300 affiliated projects around the world. And when I say that, I mean schools, orphanages, community centers. And within each of those projects, we have a volunteer coordinator. So this is a dedicated teacher, principal, social worker that has decided that, you know, they're so passionate about the children that they work with on a daily basis that, you know, they want to work with our program. And um, in, in in doing so, they are providing directly to the children exactly what they need. And it's one of the best things that I think that we're able to do that really sets us apart from other sponsorship organizations is that we leave it up to the volunteer coordinators who know the children the best, mm-hmm. live in the communities, you know, know exactly what the children might need, and we let them make those decisions that is, you know, under the blanket of basic needs um, to make sure that the child is healthy, that they have adequate food, clothing, uh, hygiene items, school supplies, sometimes it's tuition if, you know, a lot of times outside of the U.S., school is not free. Um, so we leave it up to those volunteers, coordinators to decide so that we are so, we feel so confident, you know, ourselves as an organization and to tell our sponsors, like, these kids are getting exactly what they need. Yes. And before we came live, I had mentioned to you, Shelley, that I, I was on your site just kind of scrolling through some things. And for our listeners, when you go to the site, childrenincorporated.org, let me just get back there really fast. You can click on, uh, okay, your projects around the world, select a region. And it spans from Africa to Appalachia here in the U.S., Argentina, Bolivia. And I clicked on, I noticed Louisiana because I had mentioned to you, I'm a native of New Orleans. I live between New Orleans and Los Angeles. And when I clicked, it was cool that the volunteer coordinator there works with the needs that that kids in poverty have in the city of New Orleans, which is unique and different than even, say, Detroit, where's another city that you work with. And so I thought it was cool, additionally, that there were other links. If if a sponsor wants to send their child Christmas gifts or extra money or a letter, a card, that you can send it to, is it the school that's kind of the dissemination point, to the liaison between the sponsors and the children? Yes, it is. If we we're... we're really proud of the personal connection that we're also be able to we're able to give um, our sponsors with their sponsored child so you know through through our sponsorship you're going to receive a updated progress support about the child or receive letters from them where they can tell you about their interests and their hobbies and what their family is like and what's so wonderful about that is that you really get to feel like you have a connection with this child um, in a special way and then as you said when they have a you know it's no obligation whatsoever, um, but you're you're welcome to send them packages with 
with within the United States where, you know, we can regulate more the uh, delivery of, of right. said packages. Um, but you can, you know, send them something special if it's their, you know, you know, if they've told you what their favorite color is, you could buy them an outfit in that color. You can get them, a, you know, a stuffed animal, their favorite animal. And so those gifts are sent directly to the school, you know, care of our volunteer coordinator with the child's name on it. And the coordinator makes sure that the child, you know, gets the gift, you know, at the appropriate time, right before their birthday, or, you know, if it's, if it's, you know, for the holidays before they go on holiday break. So it's, it's such a special part. Um, I know I, for my sponsor child, I sponsor a child in Kentucky and I love to be able to send her, you know, notes and, and special things. She likes to write and she likes to draw. So I buy her, you know, crayons and markers and notepads and um, it's just, you know, it's wonderful to be able to do, do extra things, you know, like that, that are, you know, go beyond what the $30 a month for sponsorship provides and really show a child, you know, that you are interested in them. And, and going back to your mission of hope, it's, it's the feeling of hope, the emotion of hope that really helps us move through challenging times and difficult times to push through and find kind of that grit inside without hope it's just you know really hard to even exist so these children receiving the support they have fundamentally and then I'm imagining that the additional personalization of it is just really special on top of something already special we talk about that a lot here at Children Incorporated because you're you're exactly right. It's it's not just about providing children with the basic needs with these like tangible items. Um, a lot of time, children coming from poverty, you know, a lot of issues go along with poverty. It's not just that lack of basic necessities. Um, you know, it's it's stressful for these children. Um, a lot of times, they are not living with their their biological parents. They might be living with a family member or a grandparent. Um, you know, parents living in poverty are out of the picture for many different reasons. They might have to work out of state, you know, because it's the only place they can find a job, or they might unfortunately be in jail, or they might unfortunately be, you know, deceased. And there's so many different things that these children are going through. Um, and, you know, out, outwardly, they can seem, you know, a lot of times like they're just happy kids, but, you know, inwardly, they're actually like have had a lot of trauma in their lives. And, you know, they haven't maybe haven't had anyone tell them that they love them because their parents are, you know, busy worrying about paying bills and making really hard decisions about, you know, whether to buy food or pay the, you know, make, keep the electricity on. And so encouraging a child um, really we consider it to be just as valuable as providing them, you know, with like the actual stuff, you know, it's like, it, it can be, it can, it can mean so much to a child um, to that, a, that a stranger knows, you know, that doesn't know them, that might never ever meet them, uh, cares about them and cares about their well-being and wants them to do well. And when a child has self-esteem, you know, they're more likely to go to school. Um, they're more likely to, you know, uh, pay attention in class because they're not feeling self-conscious. And that, that's a really, really big part of, you know, the connection that we want to make between sponsored sponsors and their sponsored child is that, um, you know, there's that they can, you know, the, the sponsor can really, you know, support the, the child, you know, emotionally as well. I'm thinking as you're talking, Shelley, that for children living in rural areas, 
uh, isolated areas and even inner city areas where there might be a, a high propensity of, of, say, substance abuse or even abuse, especially if a child is easily isolated in a, in a rural community, that participation with Children Incorporated, I think, probably statistically lowers the the rates of, of abuse and even potentially drug abuse and addiction and chemical dependency because there's an extra layer of accountability. Somebody looking out for the child. Where are they and what is going on? I wonder if you, you all have found that in your in your research and work. You know, that's that that's really interesting. Um because you know, beyond it's it, it, as far as Children Incorporated um you know is concerned, uh you know, where we we are responsible for, you know, the making sure that the children the child is, you know, Getting, getting the donations and being provided the basic needs. And, you know, our coordinators that we work with, who I really consider to be um, the ones that are doing the, the, the really incredible work, you know, they're making it possible for us to do what we do. They are the ones that are, you know, doing the home visits, monitoring, you know, what the children have going on. Absolutely. Parents have to, you know, a guardian has to agree to let the child be in our sponsorship program. So, yeah, there is a certain amount of, you know, um, accountability there that, um, that, uh, that, you know, parents have to, and, and, you know, even if not really able to participate, um, that you know they are uh, you know that they're very aware of our program and what it's you know what it's doing for for the child and honestly you know we see a lot of I've spent a lot of time in Eastern Kentucky we've seen a lot of different situations um, absolutely you know children coming from abusive households but also children coming from absolutely incredible households where their parents are just so involved in, you know, doing everything they possibly can, and really they just need a little bit of extra help because, you know, when when one parent loses their job, it's, it's, you know, all of a sudden they have half an income and they have to pay a heating, you know, bill at the same time that the car breaks down, and it's just, you know, seen these families over and over again where they just can't seem to catch a break. And so, you know, with, with our sponsorship program, um, it's one less thing to worry about because they're like, well, you know, I've got all these hard things going on, but at least I know, you know, my kid is receiving, you know, a backpack full of food on the weekend and that's really helpful or a new school outfit, you know, um, when school starts, um, and, 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 and support in other ways, you know, uh, on a monthly basis. So it, it makes a really big difference for, for families. Yeah, and I think a way of looking at accountability is that you all are an accountability partner, and we all need that. With accountability, there's also an added level of support that these families want their children to be involved since they do have to consent. And so it's just more support for them. And I think we all need that accountability partner to help us just stay on track with our goals and what's healthy for us. And so I think you provide in addition to just the concrete needs of food and education and health care, that the underlying psychosocial and emotional supports that also come along with that over time. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 I do agree. And it's, it's our, the, the families that we are able to, you know, help because of their children are enrolled in our program are, are so grateful for it. Um, you know, they've, 
they've told us, uh, I've, I've heard so many stories over and over again of they, they really wouldn't know what they would do without our program. And it, like I said, it's only, it's $30 a month to sponsor a child. It's a really small amount of money if you think about it, especially for us living in the United States, you know, where, um, we don't, uh, you know, we might not really, you know, have, face the kind of, you know, poverty that you might see abroad or be really aware of, you know, the kind of poverty that, that exists, you know, right here in our own country. Um, but it makes a, it makes a really, really big difference for, for families that are, you know, struggling just day to day and having to make a lot of hard decisions about, you know, how they're going to make ends meet. Yeah, and you mentioned something a few moments ago, Shelley, that I want to highlight for our listeners. Is you mentioned a food full of backpack, uh, a backpack full of food, which I noticed in researching you all. The backpack feeding. Can you talk to our listeners about that really awesome service and program? Sure. Um, our backpack feeding program is something that we have been doing for quite a few years now, and um, it really stemmed from our. Uh, volunteer coordinators in where we work in eastern Kentucky and in West Virginia and then also in areas of Arizona and New Mexico where we have quite a few projects on um, Indian reservations in those in those states um, and uh, our our coordinators were informing us that you know children a lot of times that are living in poverty are you know are getting free or uh, reduced lunches um, twice cool. a day, and they, um, but they might not be uh, eating on the weekends. And really, it came up because you know the, the the coordinators would notice that the kids would show up to school on Monday, and you know they're exhausted and they're tired, um, they're just you know really lethargic. And it was from um, not having enough, they're, they're not being enough food. Uh, when all of a sudden the weekend comes around, you got two days where that child's not getting, you know, breakfast or lunch at school, and there's not enough food food in the in, in the household to feed everybody. So um, we're, our, our backpack feeding program is really, really important to us and to the children that we support because what it means is that it's, it's um, most often it's, it's, Prepackaged food. It's things like um, you know macaroni and cheese in a cup, or a, a you know a can of ravioli. Things that children can um, even make on their own. Yeah. Honestly, because we you know we we take in consideration that their parents might not be around because they might be working late on the weekend. So we want to make sure that it's something that a child could pr- prepare on their own easily. You know pop-top cans kind of stuff um, because, you know, there was such a growing concern for the fact that these children were uh, not n- not eating at all on the weekends when they weren't in school. And it, it's heartbreaking to just think of children not having food. And it's such an important service then that they can heat, they can prepare those items, which kids naturally like anyway, and they're calorie dense, so it might help them stay full longer until they can get to school, you because know, our brain doesn't even function without calories. We have to eat for our brain to just work and our, our, our sympathetic sympathetic nervous system to, to function properly. So I was like really happy to see and, and how brilliant that is, that that's a program that you all offer for children that participate and, and need that. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly 
Yeah, it's it, it really is amazing. It's super hard to think about uh, children going without oh, food yeah. when you're not, um, you know, it's not a part of your regular life. Um, but you're you're absolutely right. If they're if they're malnourished and they're falling asleep in class because they haven't had anything to eat and they can't concentrate, um, they are you know they're more likely to get sick. You know they're more likely to be absent because of that, and that's just like a downward spiral. You know more absence, more sickness, and then you know they're falling behind in school. They get discouraged. They drop out, and that's all the things that we're trying to keep from you know keep from happening to these kids because they just really. Uh, need to be supported so they have, you know, just as many opportunities as children, you know, who are, you know, who have access to, you know, basic necessities on a, on a day-to-day basis. And we, we don't want, we do not want children that are living in poverty to, you know, not get a chance to break that cycle of poverty. Um, and, and if, you know, it's, it, it, it really just comes down to providing, um, you know, things that we take advantage on a regular basis, you know, like having, having meals or, um, having, you know, proper shoes up. We, we have kids that don't go to school because they're sharing shoes with their siblings. I mean, it's just think wild things that you really wouldn't even think about, but, um, you know, we hear about it on, on a regular basis. And that sounds to me like a benefit of having the coordinator on site in the community to know those nuances of what's going on in these families and in their unique home situations. You would never know that if you just say, send money to a fund that isn't as specific, I think, in its dissemination. No, you're exactly right. We would never know. We would never know those specifics if it, if it weren't for those volunteer coordinators that are seeing the children five days a week. And, you know, if they need to check in on them on the weekends, if they, you know, feel like they need to, uh, you know, do a home visit and make sure that things are going okay. So we would never know. And another thing that we're able to do, um, thanks to our donors that were, um, is just really life changing for families in need is we have, a special fund uh, called our Hope in Action Fund. And the reason that that fund exists is so that we can go above and beyond our sponsorship program for children for even more particular needs. Um, for example, it, uh, we had um, a, a, a real sweet a girl that um, was sponsored in, uh, had a sponsor in Eastern Kentucky and um, she, 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 you know, very much needed to wear corrective eyeglasses because otherwise, you know, she had an issue with her eyes that um, her eye would cross so badly that she would get headaches and she couldn't pay attention in the class and, um, you know, she couldn't focus at all. And she'd broken her glasses over the summer. Um, and, you know, we, we would have never known that. And, you know, so she shows up to school without her glasses. Um, you know, that's not something that we would typically think of as, you know, you would typically think of is what our sponsorship funds are going to. Um, but we were so grateful because our coordinator wrote us an email immediately and said, look, you know, she, she came to school. She doesn't have glasses. She can't even see the chalkboard. She's going to fall behind immediately. We've got to do something like right now. And thanks to our Hope in Action Fund, we were able to spend, send, you know, what we consider to be emergency funds, yes. you know, directly to our coordinator so she could get her, uh, you know, this, she could get this, student a eye exam, a brand new pair of glasses, you know, and make sure she, you know, was not falling behind in school at all because of this issue. And we've been able to do that in, in so many different capacities. We have been able to um, 
uh, help families with emergency lease relief during uh, floods or even mudslides in eastern Kentucky. We've been able to buy mattresses for families. Um, once the coordinator did a home visit and found that everybody was sleeping on the floor of a home, you know, and if children aren't sleeping well, they're not going to be able to go to school and do well. And there's just right. so many more examples of things like that that we're able to do, um, which is really incredible. And I think what you're speaking of ties back to the in the mission of opportunity. We don't know who these kids are going to become as a result of the investment in them. This this young girl to get her specialized glasses or the family that needs a mattress to sleep on. I saw that program as well, that it's just an investment in who they will become. And it will probably be exciting to see. I, I know that uh, you keep track of the children as long as they are a participant, which is kindergarten or age five through high school or age 18. And then afterwards, there's not official records that you maintain on the participants. Is that correct on the children? After that point, we don't typically keep records of the children. Um, after the child's uh, 18 years old, uh, the sponsor is more than welcome to maintain contact with them because they are a legal adult. That's we have cool. lots of sponsors that stay in contact with their with their former sponsored children um, and still communicate with them and you know know everything that's going on in their lives as they've moved on to uh, higher education or gotten a job or started a family. Um, and we're love we're, we're able to you know have, help people to have that like long term connection which is really great um but we we don't we don't maintain direct contact because it is a lot of children right. uh that we have in the program that are are graduating but uh what is really cool is a lot of times that they do get in touch with us um after they've graduated and they've gone on to college or university or you know a career um and they will uh you know or keep in touch with their volunteer coordinator who'll communicate with us and um I've heard some great stories over the years about our former sponsored children that have graduated and then gone on to become, um, you know, teachers or, you know, work within the school system and come become, you know, administrators um, and uh, really will, you know, oftentimes, you know, credit uh, their experience having a sponsor and realizing, you know, what that sponsorship was what did for them growing up. And then, you know, by the time it was, you know, their their turn to pick a career for themselves, uh, they, you know, wanted to do something that was, um, you know, giving, you know, giving back to other children in need. We even have a couple uh, of our former sponsored children that have come back and are now volunteer coordinators for us That's at some of awesome. our projects, which is really cool. That's so cool. So I'm wondering, Shelly, how do families and children participate with you all? How do they get on board with with this? So all of the children that are enrolled in our program are – are enrolled because of our volunteer coordinators who have noticed that they have, that these children um, could really use some help uh, with, you know, they, they see the child show up um, without a, a winter coat um, and it's, you know, below freezing outside and they come to school on a t-shirt and, uh, you know, they can tell that the child um, is, uh, you know, d- 
shows up on the first day of school without a book bag at all and, and, and no school supplies. So our volunteer coordinators will speak with the parents about, you know, if they'd be if, if, if interested in, in enrolling um, the child in our program. And then after that, that point, um, we work really hard to try to get sponsors for our children. So at any point, we usually have around 2,000 children that are, that are um, enrolled in our program, but that do not have a sponsor right now. So um, by, by no means do we ever really have to go, you know, seek out children in need, which is, you know, an, an unfortunate thing about, um, right. you know, reality about, about how many children are, are living in poverty and are in need. So um, we, we, are, we are always trying to, um, you know, talk about, uh, you know, how important sponsorship is and, and how, how valuable it is and how um, incredible of an impact that one person can have on a, on a, on a child so that hopefully, you know, we can, we can motivate uh, people to um, see, see the value in sponsorship and want to, um, you know, jump, jump on board with us and, and help a child in a really great way. And so uh, you you all operate in 23 countries right now, including the U.S. Are there certain cities or areas where there's more need for sponsors right now in comparison to other locations? Oh, that's such a great question um, because we... We definitely try to we try to focus on you know all of all of the countries that we work in and all of the cities we work in the U.S. Um, for many different reasons, we really like to show the you know the the, the diversity of what what we do, um, as well as you know knowing that some you know uh, interested uh, sponsors might be drawn to a certain you know certain area. Um, but right now, we really are um, focusing on some of our uh, inner city projects within the U.S. And so, um, and we uh, currently work in New Orleans, Louisiana, Detroit, Michigan, Richmond, Virginia, where our office is located, and Washington, D.C. Um, and our our inner city division is uh, younger than a lot of our other. Our other divisions, you know, in in rural in the rural United States and then abroad, um, we've we've really only had our inner city division for about ten years, which is not long compared to the to the fifty plus years that we've been in organization. Um, so we are really um, focusing on um, telling telling those telling those stories and highlighting, you know, some of our coordinators in those places and some of the schools and the projects and really what, you know, what particular issues that um, a lot of those, uh, a lot of the, you know, inner city children face that might be different from, you know, other areas of the United States. Yeah. I, I know that I would love to sponsor a child in New Orleans since I've been a social worker for over 20 years and I started my career in the nonprofit sector. I did some work with child protection, running groups for children that were sexually abused and and working with with people that were in poverty. And I did that for a a number for 10 years. And then I shifted into private practice and came out to Los Angeles almost four years ago. And it was kind of hard to to pull away being full time in New Orleans because I love my community there so much. And the level of need for children is high that a lot of children do not have books that are in public school in New Orleans there's no books and and how are they going to learn without books and so i know that's something that is really resonating with me as we're talking that i'd love to 
sponsored child that lives there. Since I'm dividing my time and spending time in Los Angeles, which is like a new love of a community and city for me, that just feels like a really good way to to stay in touch and be of service. Yeah, that's really that's really amazing, and that's that's um, it's 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 people just like you that are you know have are drawn to a certain certain place, and um, especially when you. Uh, really realize, you know, what what it's like for kids there because you've lived somewhere or you've visited there, um, or maybe you've just done research about a certain area, you know, or a certain country because it has, you know, interest interest for you. But um, yeah, New Orleans especially is a is is is, is a really um, incredible place that you know has has gone through. A lot, you know. We still talk about um, a lot of issues with Hurricane Katrina, um, right. and but you know also um, you know the school systems that are you know not not up to par for children um, who are in need, and then you know children. We talk a lot with our inner cities about children also living in food deserts, which in the city, which is, you know, if you're not familiar with that, it's, you know, even if, even if a child is living in a community where they might be surrounded um, by, you know, businesses, um, oftentimes uh, in, in, in communities um, that are more impoverished, um, there are no, even though there might be convenience stores uh, around, um, that there's no access to fresh foods and vegetables and, you know, quality, quality food that children can eat. So, you know, we can, those are considered to be food deserts. And, you know, it's a concern um, that, you know, not just that children are are getting food, but they have options of, you know, they need to be able to eat well to be, to be healthy. Um, so it's really, really interesting what children really face um, in, in inner cities that, you know, is, is, is different from more rural communities. Definitely all the, the different levels of need and different types of need I'm thinking are different. I know you work in with the Navajo nation as well. And just curious about in that community, what might some of the unique needs be in comparison? Um, a lot of times those, those needs really have to do with um, families living uh, in very, very remote uh, places um, that are really far away from schools, really far away from jobs. Um, oh. uh, families living in poverty don't have any transportation. They have no way to get to jobs. Um, the buses getting kids to school often are going down uh, roads that become impassable in the winter months or when it's raining really hard. Um, and so children don't get picked up for school. Um, oftentimes, we're really grateful that we partner with some really great schools um, in uh, New Mexico uh, where the schools there have dormitories that the children live at during the week. So that serves, you know, a few really important purposes for these children, not only to the families not have to worry about whether or not the child is uh, getting to school and and transporting them there, you know, from really long distances every single day, but when the child's staying at the dorm during the week, um, they're also getting fed three meals a day. And so, you know, families don't have to be as concerned for, um, you know, their, their child's well-being um, in, in situations like that. But yet, yeah, it's, it's, we have families that don't have, don't have electricity, um, that, you know, have, have, 
their their houses are you know severely lacking um for just you know basics um and it's 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 really difficult to know that these uh these children are you know growing up growing up like that um without you know um really a, a sense of uh you know hope for the future right right are there any, I'm trying to think of things that I think listeners might be interested to know about you all. Are there other questions and information that, that's helpful for us to know from you, Shelley? And even I'm curious how you came to, to work with Children Incorporated. Oh, sure. Um, I, I am also a social worker. Awesome. Um, I got my master's in social work um, about 10 years ago, and I started uh, working for a very small nonprofit organization um, for for quite a while that was uh, local here in Richmond, Virginia. Um, and after some time, I decided that I would like to you know, expand the work that I was doing um, outside of my uh, small community and also, you know, get a chance to uh, look at, um, you know, the the nonprofit world from an international standpoint. Um, And Children Incorporated really fit that perfectly for me because we, um, we, we work, we also work right here in Richmond, Virginia. So we've got this local tie, uh, but, you know, we're also um, doing work all around the world, and um, it's it's really been a very eye-opening experience for me to be able to um, just see what what again I you know I can't emphasize enough what a small amount of money is able to do to really change the lives of children. Yes. Um, it's just it's it's really incredible um, for something that you know is the cost of going out to eat one night a month. You know, will will be the difference between a child staying in school, going to school at all. You know, and having having the chance at you know hopefully uh, having more opportunities later in life. Absolutely, absolutely. So. I'm, I'm trying. I don't know that there's a uh, transition, but it's something I wanted to to highlight that there. We've been speaking mostly of the personal sponsorship level, which I plan to do, and which I'm sure other listeners might be moved to do as well. You all offer other ways that that individuals, businesses, and corporations can get involved. I, I read as far as employee employee matching gift programs, hosting a fundraiser legacy giving. Can you talk to us about some of the other options in case there's someone listening that wants to contribute in a, in a different way to you all? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we have quite a few special funds that we have um, all throughout the year at any time that we are welcome to take donations to of any amount. No amount too small, of course, no amount too large. And it, it, it covers a wide range of things outside of our sponsorship program. So as I had mentioned, we have a mosquito net fund for $10. You can buy a mosquito net for a child, which is going to you know, help protect them from mosquito-borne illnesses, keep them healthy so that they can go to school. Those mosquito, net, uh, mosquito, mosquito nets help children in Kenya and Ethiopia, India and Sri Lanka. Um, we're, we're 
we're very proud that we're able to distribute thousands of mosquito nets to sponsor children and their and their families um, each year. We have, um, like you mentioned, uh, like we were discussing, our U.S. feeding program really covers our our backpack feeding. So children in the United States that might otherwise not have food on the weekends, we're we're making sure that they get that. Um, they're able to take a book bag full of food home. We also have an international feeding program. So that for, you know, internationally, sometimes uh, children are not fed at school. They have to, you know, bring their own food or maybe go without. So we've, we've, we are able to support um, a lot of our schools so that we are uh, not just feeding the children that are in our program at the school, but we're, cheating, we're feeding all the children at the school to make sure that they're, they're receiving, um, at, you know, at least a few meals uh, a day during during the school week. Um, we also have our warm clothing fund, which goes to um, providing um, coats and boots and, and, and winter clothes for children in the winter. So that's, again, that's beyond our sponsorship program. So if our volunteer coordinators see children that are that do not have sponsored that are coming to school without, you know, winter coats, we make sure that, you know, they're able to request funds from that and, and, and help children in that capacity. Um, we've got a tutoring program fund because we, we, we support tutoring programs in, in South America. Um, and that's just, that's just a few of them. Our website has, has all of them listed with descriptions and stories about how these funds have been able to make a, a big a- impact on um, children all over the world. So it's, it's really exciting um, how many different areas we'll really be able to touch the lives of children and families in need. Absolutely. I'm so excited that I was put in touch with you, Shelley, and, and with Children Incorporated. So I know you're going to send a link later because I, I asked for our listeners a link that they might click on my LA Talk Radio show page to become involved. Until then, what is the best way for listeners to reach you all and get in touch? Yeah, um, visiting our website is uh, the best way to find out about more of our work and how to get involved, and that's at www.childrenincorporated.org. Awesome. Do you have anything that we have not covered yet to leave our listeners with before we conclude for today? Um, I don't think so. I appreciate all the, the wonderful questions. Thank you so much. No, you're welcome. I loved our time together and that you're a, a social worker and your organization is just amazing. Amazing. Uh, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for being with us today, Shelley. Thank you. You're Bye-bye. welcome. Bye-bye. That concludes my show for today with Shelley Callahan of ChildrenIncorporated.org. Please join me next week as I bring you another guest. And as always, I hope you have a really awesome week. Thank you for listening. You're listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.